I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to On The Box. It's On The Box. It's the television podcast on Anfield Index and I'm your new host, Gags Tandon, taking over the reins from Stu, who's going to be focusing totally on the comic pod, which is fine. Yeah, that's totally fine. But that means free reign. That's dangerous territory. Dangerous territory on a podcast with just me on it. I'm going to fuck things up. So (laughs) how do we do that? We start it off by kicking off with one of the biggest shows in 2016. This is a Christmas special for the listeners because we we should have covered this off ages ago. But we were so busy, so busy doing stuff on Anfield Index, Audible, everything else that goes on that this show has been put on the back burner. But now it's here. Stranger Things is what we're going to talk about. An absolute blockbuster took social media by storm people were talking about it for months and months they still are some people that are still you know new to it and we're hoping hoping that we get you to watch it but the problem is the problem is the first 10 minutes or so we're going to talk about you know what it reminds us of and then after that it's spoiler central so if you want to fuck off after that if you want to watch it you best go away I'm just going to be and also this isn't going to be a family friendly show we can swear we can do what the hell we want on the box, it's television. You've got to take it like that. Anyway, who are my guests? I have the host of the AI podcast, the, well, the co-host, and uh, very softly spoken, gently spoken, a gentleman himself, the, the king of intros, uh, although I hope I did well on this one, Kate. <laughs> judge me, Bute, judge me. <laughs> How are you doing, Kate? I- I'm, I'm all good. I'm all good, man. I actually got a couple of complaints after my last face-off that it was a bit too rough. Like, so soft-spoken <laughs> might be something that falls away soon. <laughs> well, you know what? On the face-offs, you've got to kind of embody uh, the game. You know, if we won, boom it. If we lost, mellow it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know voice control. Come on. We've been doing this too long now. And also joining us, a massive part of the AI comic party writes like mad. There's an article waiting, I think, to get over out over Christmas, which I'll do. And uh, also part of the USA pod, it's Mr. Joey Connors. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing good, Gags. It's a very early morning for me, but uh, this oh. is my time of day. I love the best. 
Yes, it is. The kids are asleep. <laughs> yes, they are for now. <laughs> for now. Right. So basically, we're going to cover a TV show that we all really, really loved. Uh, Stranger Things uh, took us by imagination. I think we're all 80s children, I think. Um, or, well, most of our 80s. Um, yes, is that is that right? We all grew up in the 80s? Yeah, I was yeah. born in eighty one, so I yeah, was basically. So I was I don't even remember the seventies. <laughs> my first year. I don't remember much of that. So yeah. We, we basically are all eighties, um born in the or, or at least lived our childhood in the eighties. So the first thing that comes to mind with Stranger Things is how much did it remind you or or, or actually let's talk shows first before we go into in, into the, the childhood aspect. But what did it remind you of? Um because this had lots of you know throwbacks or 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 homages you know the the guys that made this they were they they loved other other shows didn't they so um let's go to joey first joey what what did it remind you of what kind of shows did it remind you of or or even Uh, movies yeah i think you hit the nail on the head right there was the movies for me it was this was basically a huge homage to stephen king um so stand by me was the first thing i Mm -hmm. thought of Four boys, four, you know, that's the same exact plot. Um, they actually, if, if you guys remember in Stranger Things, they have a scene where the boys are walking by the railroad tracks, which is a huge scene in Stand By Me. That's a perfect homage to that movie. Uh, eat a little bit of E.T. Um, it, it's just, you know, same exact thing. There's again, to go back to Stephen King, he, he basically used Stephen King in just about every episode. There was an homage to some kind of Stephen King. Um, there was an homage to Charlie McGee when it, with Elle and her powers. Uh, you know, they brought up it when, when Winona Ryder's talking about, remember when she got tickets, Poltergeist tickets for Will. Mm-hmm. And he she said, just don't get scared of that. And he replies back, oh, I don't get scared of things like that. And her response is, oh yeah, not even of clowns. Obviously perfect homage mm-hmm. to it. So, when I first started watching it, when I seen previews for people talking about it, because it was huge on social media, on Twitter, um, I was like, wow, this is a reminder of my, this is my childhood. This is the 80s stuff that I like. I'm a huge horror fan. And that's what I was like, oh, this is really cool. So yeah, that's the first thing that popped into my head when I first started watching it was the, the Stand By Me, the Stephen King, the E.T., things like that. I, I thought differently, but I'll go after UK. What did you, did you agree with? Um, I mean, obviously he's totally right. Um, Joey, it's all, it is. They've, they've admitted that the Duffers, it's the Matt and, uh, Ross, is it? Matt and Ross Duffer, uh, admitted that they've massive, massive influence from Stephen King. Was there anything else on your point, on your point? Because you might cover the same as me here, Kay. Yeah, no, uh, maybe a bit different. Well, TV was very different in the 80s in South Africa <laughs> to you guys. We didn't get so much. So actually, one of the weird things, right? The weird things from this, um, from Stranger Things. Firstly, Stranger Things is my shit, right? Because uh, if, if you caught me on the, on, on the comic pod or, or speaking about movies, you know, I don't like trailers. I just want somebody to tell me that might be something you, you want to look at and then I'll go and look at it. So I, I watched it basically because Gags, you and a couple other people on Twitter were like, you have to watch this. This is the thing. And uh, But I didn't know it was set in the 80s. I didn't know it was a sci-fi. Um, I didn't know any of the stuff that was going to happen. I just sort of started watching it and, and saw where the thing happened. So, I mean, this was absolutely perfect. This was the like pinnacle of me trying to watch stuff. Um, but 
weirdly enough, one of the things that I thought overlapped quite nicely was the Wonder Years. Um, just because, <laughs> you know, the kids take such a central part of it. And <laughs> I did not think that at all. <laughs> the whole, just I know, you. it's so stupid, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> I it's fine. shit on Twitter. But n- not the sci-fi bit, but just the way the kids are the central part of everything and you live, you live the, the show through the view of the kids and all the adults are like peripheral, right? They're all like peripheral, like, you know, so that, that was great. And, and what they did really well in the Wonder Years was the, the scenes at night with, with like, um, what's his face and, and whoever played Winnie Cooper. But those, those became really emotional. It was like you're swimming in an emotion soup when it came to the nighttime scenes and the two of them. And there was, um, a sort of wonderful, innocent tension that happened there. And I thought they captured that really well in this. But for me, it was definitely movies. So, um, I definitely found E.T., but also it was, um, the Goonies. The Goonies was a big one for me. I, I oh, like, I felt yeah, like I was my, living was some of the Goonies one. while I was watching this. And then uh, Flight of the Navigator, which our friend uh, Gags oh, Lloyd yeah. brought up the other day. But both of those, and in the 80s, you find that, right? In the 80s, you find these films where kids go off and do stuff by themselves and, um, and, and get caught up in these massive adventures. And, and it stopped, it stopped in, you know, during the 90s and obviously into the whatever you call the 2000s but uh yeah th- those kinds of stuff really it's a lot and the, the 80s connection was like solidly solidly in there they, gonna, they went there we're so there. we're gonna go there so explicitly sure yeah yeah so i mean just finishing off on what you said et massively i think uh even 11 uh was asked to act a little bit like yes. that you know um, there was, <laughs> yeah, there was, was. Uh, areas of her character where they wanted her to behave a little bit extraterrestrial you know not human which she did so amazingly we'll talk about performances and characters and actors and actresses later on uh but <clears throat> from my point of view um yeah all all of that stuff that you've talked about joey talked about in terms of Stephen king uh, Goonies for sure. The Wonder Years, a fantastic shout. I didn't think of it that way. We all think of it in different ways. You know, TV, this is a beautiful thing about television. It should, yes. it, this is what it should do. It should make everybody react to things totally differently to anybody else. And, and, and that's totally fine. If you disagree with it, it's fine as well. It's a personal thing to Kay or whoever. Uh, for me though, Poltergeist was fucking huge. Huge in this. Oh yeah. It was yeah, massive yeah. because I was a massive Poltergeist fan. I was young and I was impressionable, but dad used to put it on. And then after that, you know, when you're a kid, you rewatch films all the time. Back in the day, there was nothing else to do apart from rewatch your favorites because that's kind of all you had. There was no like Netflix or stuff, new stuff coming all the time. It took time to get things onto video. And, um, yeah, Poltergeist was massive in this. The, the Goonies, like you said, Lost Boys, there was a little bit, um, you could say, uh, of Lost Boys in there with the kids and stuff, how they're on their bikes and out and about. But yeah, those were, those were the massive ones for me as well. So uh, it was just a, it's just a great horror. Uh, it, it goes back into time as well, like those '80s flicks that used to get. So I want to move into how the the feel of it, the feel of it, the music, everything was '80s. You know, the clothes. So, um, Kay, let's start with you this time. What did it was just? I think that's one of the attractions of this show, right? That it, it took us back into maybe a time where we. Did these type of things with our friends? Because you don't yeah, see that I think now. So. Yeah, definitely. You can't see it now. You can't see it. I mean, it's very deliberate because it's not just a sense of nostalgia. This, the plot was, it was necessary for the plot for it to be set in the eighties, right? But I mean, they, they went, they went completely out of their way to, to form this link. So, I mean, they shot it on a thing called the Red Dragon, which still uses film, which is brilliant, but they also, 
took out 80s grain from old 80s films and put it on top of this so that you're watching it and immediately you go back to you know the feel of what it was obviously there's the clothes and you know all those kinds of things that had the well it's not weird to watch something that's supposed to be set in the 80s and you're looking at the clothes and you're thinking i know people that wear that stuff now you know (laughs) just all called retro but yeah that that was a bit weird but uh, like you guys said i mean the font the font that was used that was taken uh, i think they sent about 30 books um to the people who designed the font and 20 of those books were stephen king novels and they just you know they just looked at the font and that's a big thing right that's part of the fun of the show is that people use the font for all different things and literally everything looks better in stranger things font. <laughs> they've tried this right you should go go have a look at stuff on, on google uh, it's, uh, but it's brilliant but the thing is about the 80s right is that you were allowed room as a child there was not so much adult supervision that happened at the time. I don't know when you guys were little, but we used to play in the street. You used to play for hours and hours and hours, and there wouldn't really yeah. be a lot of adult supervision no. there. You go play in the park or in Loads. the street or do stuff like that. You go with your friends. Your parents wouldn't see you for ages. Yeah, they, in rain. fact, would shout you to get back in the house. You know, The only thing that could make us come back into the house in the 1980s was MacGyver. Right? We were playing cricket <laughs> out in the street, and... And your mom would say like, okay, you have to come back in now. It's, it's, it's nighttime. And you're like, no, ma, like 10 more minutes. MacGyver's starting. Yo, cheers, guys. I got to go, right? I'm out. It's cool. Like, <laughs> I have to do that. That was like literally the only thing. But that, that was the thing. And then the amazing thing about this is that the Duff brothers, when they were little, that was their lives. They set the, the, the town that they set it in is very much like where they come from. And the things that they did, they used to, they used to play like, um, uh, you know, they used to read comic books and do many video games and stuff like that. So very much the, the kids and the characters are based on what happens in real life. So it's it's not just about, oh, there's a sense of nostalgia, then we're going back in time and you can relive these things and the scenes and stuff. It came about the other way around. The plot was written in this very purposeful way because of these very purposeful plot devices. And then all the wonderful homages and stuff came. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you feel about that, Joey. Yeah, I think it's one thing to set a TV series in the 80s, but it's a whole other thing to make it feel like it was actually shot during the Ronald Reagan and Rubik's Cube era. Mm-hmm. And like, I think Matt and Ross Duffer just absolutely nailed it. There's so many, and there's, it's such a, it's a short series. It's only eight episodes, but the music and the, everything involved in there is just screams 80s. There's nothing about mm-hmm. this as an 80s. And you brought up a good point about kids and, how they used to hang out and come home when it was dinner time, and you, you never looked at a watch in your life because, you know, <laughs> let's be honest, you didn't have one. You know, there was no cell phones. There, yeah. I never wore a watch. You know, you, you played outside, you, whether you were kicking a ball or throwing a ball or playing yeah. freeze tag or jailbreak. Time or would fly. Joey, time would fly. You'd yeah. go in, and it's like six o'clock. You're like, what? I only went out like an hour ago. Yeah. Six hours. Yeah, it's you, daytime. You were, <laughs> that's what it is. It's daytime. <laughs> exactly. And you were so pissed. Because you're like, what, what happened? You know what I mean? Because like, you know, you had Saturday, you maybe had Friday after school, but you really only had two days, Saturday and Sunday. And the other days were basically school unless it was summertime. So, you know, that's what we did as kids. There was no PlayStation. And you might have had Atari. You might have had Nintendo coming out at that time. But those things never stopped me from going out and having, friend, having fun with my friends. Uh, and that's, you know, you don't, I, I don't see that nowadays. I have all kinds of little kids in my neighborhood and i'd say maybe a handful handful of them are the only ones who go out all the other ones are sitting inside playing with 
you know, it's electronics. That's the age of these kids. So it's and th- and that's that's the other thing, right? Is that they? Um, I don't know. I don't know whether we can start the spoilers now. But the kids play D and D, right? That is not something that kids do nowadays. Uh, no, like I, I've got a I've got a, a bit of a you know um, a weird little sister who's seven, and we play Adventure Time Monopoly. She would not be playing Monopoly unless it were, had Adventure Time in it, right? <laughs> yeah, board games and puzzles and things like that. Uh, you know, you have to really try with kids nowadays. You have to really try and sit them down and do that. Where in those days, you're just looking for something to do. Somebody brought up a new board game. You're like, damn right. Like, let's get that out. We need to. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is going to be thousands of hours of fun, you know? Totally. D&D could have took like 10, 12 hours. It, it's a long yeah. game. It's not something you're yeah, finished like Monopoly. Dragons, yeah. yeah, it could last forever. And kids' attention spans nowadays are... You ask them their name and then they ask you, what's your favorite color? You know what I mean? It's, it's, <laughs> it's gone like that. And I will talk about Dungeons and Dragons when we're going to go to the plot next. But they, I like you both for saying we used to play playing football. We'd basically do, um, we try and make adventure stuff up ourselves, like concoct, um, mysterious potions using, you know, detergents and shit and make it green and oh, yeah. <laughs> throw it into the bush and say the green yeah. man's in there, you know. Sure. So, so, so do you get what I mean? Where this mythology, <laughs> this, 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 you as yeah. a kid would love to go on some kind of adventure. We used to watch yeah. So in the back garden behind the shed, we'd go and dig holes and see if there's anything underground, you know, because the Goonies was all under the fucking city type thing. So we'd be digging, sure. we'd digging and we'd find like old coins and old monuments like, you know, because our, in our area, it's been around, the, the, you know, the area has been around since the 40s, 50s. So when we're digging, we're finding little things. We're like, oh my God, the doubloon bloom, you know, the fucking <laughs> we're one-eyed willies here, you know? So, so do you get what I mean? You know? it's stranger Things brings that yeah. to the fore. And not only that, when you talk about 80s, did you want to say something, Kay, before I go on? No, no, you go on, I'll, well, I'll go after you guys. They just wanted to, when you watch it, you get the wired phones and how she's buying a new phone each time. Yeah. And they're, they're so integral into the plot because, do you get what I mean? They're using stuff from the 80s. It makes you feel like, yeah, man, I remember the phones like that. I have to dial them with my finger. And like as a kid, <laughs> if it was stiff, if it was stiff, you'd hit your finger sometimes. Because if it yeah. was a stiff dial, you'd be like, "Oh God, I've got the number wrong." Shit! <laughs> you know, and start again. And just I mean, those uh, took ages, right? Oh you have to go like God. all the way around. Oh. And if, if your number started sure. with like with a nine or some shit, you were like, "Oh my God, if dude, ringing, why do you have yeah, this number?" If, and you'd be like, "Ringing local, it's six numbers." If you're ringing local, it's six numbers. If you're ringing like London or Manchester, where my cousins were, it'd be like another four numbers you're like fuck off man like <laughs> my fingers are hit. Like, honestly as a kid it was hilarious when you it makes you what i'm saying is it gets the experiences out a show like that when you when you take it back a lot of people don't think about it like that i like to immerse myself into a, something i like or, or or think about it a bit more deeper do you get what i mean and i think if yeah, you exactly. love something you exactly. do and i think they they bought that out of the hardcore you know viewers and the people that really wanted to actually the people that they they hooked i think it's the tv show that does that not you the tv show can either hooks you it doesn't so i think i think they um i think they hooked everybody didn't they on this so um, that's the thing that was a complete total immersion in this world right and i don't know if like it's a cool place to talk about that but i thought the music did that so well i mean right from the get-go right that opening sequence it's one of the only opening sequences i actually watch (laughs) <laughs> usually you know you skip them and you go to you just ah bugger this i'll just you know how long is it one and a half minutes i'll, I'll hit one and a half minutes on the video and go there You're so right. and and 
yeah, they did this point. so specifically, so specifically. And what was interesting about this, I don't know if any marketing students or communication and media students are watching this, but when I was taught about advertising in university, they told me that music is not really that important. 80% of information comes from the graphical information and only 20% comes from music. i tell everybody that is utter bullshit. Music will inform the attitude that you form towards something. You can say the exact same lines over two different pieces of music and you will feel differently about what that person has said and they, they understood this completely the Duff Brothers and what they did is they went to the, a band called Survive who do this electro you know synth music um, brilliantly they, they, they're absolutely brilliant with it but they did the picture alongside the music so this is they gave the music a huge huge role and Survive responded right they responded to such an extent that the music informed like who to cast, how to shoot, what to do during that scene. And then that would, in turn, go back. And the survivor was saying they couldn't actually use the same music many times as you do, you know, like um, like in Star Wars, which would be cool. You know, you'd have Vader's theme coming up a couple times or Luke's theme oh, or something wow. like that. Like, like in music, generally, right? Yeah, they that. couldn't do that because each thing was so... like. It, so they'd have a theme for Will, right? Will, Will goes missing. But then they'd have a thing where it's Will and his mom... And it was a completely different moment. And so they wrote a completely different music for it. And they kept on doing this. And there's lots of really cool music in there, right? Like Foreigner, Echo and the Bunnyman, Peter Gabriel, who does a ridiculous cover of David Bowie's Heroes. These all go so well with what's happening because of the choice of band. But I mean, on that, on that music, and maybe, you know, we, uh, we're just getting into plot a little bit, but how they use the clashes, should I stay or should I go, is absolutely exceptional. It is. That piece of that music, song. that piece of music is not meant for this picture. That piece of music is a cheeky little, you know, quick song. It's wonderful, but they use it for moments that are like heartfelt and drawn out and emotional. That takes art. You have to, you know, you have to really go into it. You have to build characters that are real to be able to do that. And they absolutely nailed it. Everything was just an immersion in this world. Wow. You nailed that. You nailed that. Yeah, it's hard to really add much to that because you talked about the music. The only thing I would really add to it is they, I mean, they really used, I wouldn't say ripped off, but they used John Carpenter, basically used John Carpenter to a T. John Carpenter, famous from for uh, Escape from New York, The Thing, The Fog, and my personal all-time favorite horror film, Halloween, Michael Myers. Uh, they, they just used him as the perfect example to do this. Uh, but you talked about, should I stay or should I go, a Clash masterpiece. Uh, he used it perfectly. You know, the, and that, I think you ended up at the um, Peter Gabriel uh, rendition of Heroes was pretty off. David Bowie's a genius. Mm. So the music and the band Survive, who was actually from Texas, believe it or not, <laughs> you know, it's, it's okay, kind of wow. funny because you're like, Texas, really? Yeah, they're actually from yeah. Texas, so it's pretty funny. And they have like three three albums out, like just nobody knows who they yeah. are until yeah. they did that score. Wow. Well, you know what? We're going to move on. We're going to move on to the plot now. But before we do, because I'm a stato and this type of shit's got to happen on Underbox because <laughs> I have, I have found, I have found some ratings provided uh, to uh, Variety by Symphony Advanced Media, and they reveal that the first eight episodes of Stranger Things, which is all they were, uh, basically make up the third most watched seasons, uh, basically in the last year. So basically, in the first thirty-five days of this (laughs) streaming service, this drama averaged fourteen point oh seven million adults, eighteen to forty-nine. 
So wow. basically, that's yeah. just mad. So, so in that first 35 days, Fuller House and Orange is a New Black, they were the only ones that drew more in that demo, you know, in that demographic in the first 35 days. But obviously, since then, I reckon it's going to be huge. It's going to be much more because I think this grew by word of mouth as well. So if you think about it, the first 35 days, 14.07 million for Stranger Things, and making a murder, murderer, 13.35 uh, million, Daredevil, 13.35 million, Jessica Jones, 6.26 million in their first sure. 35 days. So you just look at the impact it had. It doesn't have Marvel behind it, you know? <laughs> it has, mm. didn't have a ton of marketing behind it either, to be honest. You know, I don't think it had huge, like, oranges and new black was everywhere. Stuff yeah. like that, and um, it just it just took over in that first month, and I think this was written in uh, August uh, this year. This this piece on Variety. So I I think since then it must have become the the biggest, the most watched show on uh, Netflix. So uh, I'll try and I'll try and source that for the late end of the show if I can. But yeah, that's the statistical part of the show. Uh, <laughs> we'll try and do that every every week if we can, or every time we have a show. But okay, let's go into the plot. And Joey, we'll start with you then on this. Um, Obviously, a game, a game that really, I, I kind of, uh, it starts with, it starts with Dungeons and Dragons, right? So, yeah, this is more of a cartoon for me. And I sent you the cartoon yesterday in um, WhatsApp. I don't know if it's the same. It's got to be the same one, right? It's got to be the same thing because I never played the game. I never played the game, but it's got to be related to the game, hasn't it? Or is that a totally different cartoon? I'm thinking it's probably the uh, same thing. But the, yeah, it, or it could be a spinoff. But the game itself, I, I actually watched that view a picture of the game that I had as I a saw. kid. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's funny because I really didn't play it. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I think the reason was is because it's when you first, if you're not, if you don't have a lot of friends who are into it, you can't just pick that game up and go, let's play. It doesn't work that way. There's no start and end. Like as every board game basically has a start and end. With D and D, there's not. So the funny thing about D and D is it's been around. The game was released in '74. But it didn't become popular until the 80s. So it's, you know, I, I had to do a lot wow. of research about, yeah, it's crazy. How, how, you know, when, how do you play this? What's it all about? So I did some research while I was laying in bed sick last night. And um, I thought about the main characters. And yeah, <laughs> as I'm throwing up, I thought about the main characters. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I do know, uh, just a FYI, I am sick as a dog, but I wanted to do this. So anyway, um, I thought about the characters, the main characters, the guys, and Eleven. And I'm thinking, like, I do know background about some characters who fought in Dungeons & Dragons, so to speak, like the pieces, game pieces. So I thought Mike, he is what you call a paladin. He's a fighter who acts in the name of good and order. Clearly, he's the dungeon master. That was his character. Will would be a rogue, very stealthy and good at hiding. Dustin is a bard, B-A-R-D. Great way with words, also very smart and diplomatic. Lucas would be a ranger. Independent and skilled hunter who uses their wilderness skills to hunt down enemies. Lucas definitely did that. And there's Eleven who would be your sorcerer. Innate ability to use spells. Clearly she has the powers with her mind to do that. So that was my dork breakdown. Um, that was, uh, Joey, just to interrupt you quickly. There was a little thing on... Um Somewhere I saw one of the web pages, and uh, it's unfortunate I don't have it anymore. But somebody was saying that in that opening scene of D and D, when they were saying it, there was the the princess was was called out, and that was, was um, eleven. No, no, the princess was the sister, the older sister. 
And then the uh, prince, oh, okay. the fallen prince, was sort of the that that photographer brother. I'm really bad with names. I'm sorry, Jonathan. Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and and how how and each Nancy. person would actually have a character um, like that, and and their their character traits would be brought out in that way. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, did we want to talk about the Demogorgon, or do we want? Yeah, to... I mean, we can we can. Well, basically, we just we're going on to the plot now. So so basically, we're talking about how the kickoff by playing this game. And then I think the Demogorgon is, is perfect timing here. I mean, um, because Will goes home and kind of fucking disappears. So, yeah. so, so, uh, the next day, no one knows where the fuck he is. And, um, yeah. So, so let's go with the Demogorgon here, Joey, because I think Kay just spoke a bit about, uh, the, mm. the start as well with the Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah, you can go with this. Yeah, so the Demogorgon is the monster that they remember. This is the first episode. It's the biggest foreshadowing ever. They don't defeat him. So he ends up, you know, that Demogorgon ends up being in real life in the plot. That's the monster they're fighting. But a little background behind it is they, Demogorgons actually predate Dungeons and Dragons years, years beforehand. Demogorgons were being written about in Christian literature around 400 AD. So this dates wow. a long way back. Um, the kind of Demogorgon kind of styles himself as the Prince of Demons, rules over um, the realm called the Abyss, which in Stranger Things is basically the Upside Down, what Eleven calls it, or the Realm of Shadow, or the, I think it's Realm of Shadows they call well, it. Veil of Shadows, or whatever. Veil of Shadows. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're right. It's okay. Um, and it's the home. It's the home to demons. And it, basically, the whole point of this realm is just to destroy and spread chaos. That's there's no other point to it. Um, it's a bizarre looking creature. It's got two heads normally. Now, in Stranger Things, it only has the one, which ends up looking like a flower. But it normally has two heads, long tentacles, and hands that are covered in fur. It's an awful-looking thing. I mean, you think of the most disgusting thing you can think of, and this looks like it. Uh, it's it, it actually has the heads, if you want me to go even deeper to it, it has names of the two heads. One's Emil and Hetherida, if I'm saying that right, which I'm probably not. I would. Wow. Yeah. So I really broke this down in the complete dork, complete, you know. It seems more it seems more it. evil now that it has names. <laughs> yeah. Very much so, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Like, wow. Emil. Yeah. Damn, dude. I know. And <laughs> it's not Hesky, is it? Anyway. Um... No, no, I was just breaking that was that's basically the breakdown of what a demogorgon would normally look like, how it was how it was written back in the Christian times. Mm. But yeah, that's basically it. In this one though, um Kay, it's a bit different. It's it's kind of like the unknown really, isn't it? Kind because you don't know where it's come from when you're watching it at the start. You don't know how it's appeared. It's just this monster in a realm and it doesn't I mean, even I think even when it ends it's not clear mm. what mm. the mythology around it is, but I think you, I mean you can go into other stuff, can't you, on this before we do talk about the ending and stuff? Yeah, there was so there was a thing that the the first the first um, experience you get of the Demogorgon is just pure pure terror when when Will is scrabbling about and looking for things and uh, you know wondering what that sound was that's coming from. I mean that I was not expecting that. Uh, I, I literally shit myself when <laughs> okay not literally but like it was i was properly scared of what was going to happen and i mean i know like people will say like no a kid would run away i've seen a couple of things again kids in the 80s were sort of not like that they they kids in the 80s wanted to take things apart and 
multiple different things. This is the golden age of Lego, right? Basically, if you watch the Lego movie, 80s kids are the spaceman. Who's like, spaceship, spaceship, spaceship. That, those are 80s kids. They just wanted to build things over and over and over again, different things all the time. Um, they're alert. They're active. It's, it's, they're imaginative. And they were their own heroes. They made their own solutions. They, like kids had a very actual strong link to like uh, what was happening in their communities, right? They, they, there was a very big emphasis on doing the right thing, that, that sort of stuff, right? It, it was different from now. But the, then the demagogue, when you see the demagogue and oh my, it is pure, Terror. And what makes this thing worse is it seems like it is the perfect hunter, right? It, it does, you know, it mimics it. It makes you look over there and it's behind you. It dips in and out. And, and this is where we start to get this incredible mythology of what's happening in this world. I, I don't know if the demagogue looked like the thing from the little shop of horrors to anybody else, but yeah, <laughs> so, yeah a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the head, the head sort of looked like it, you know. That's <laughs> colourful. Kind of but, but basically, <laughs> they, it, didn't they? Didn't they put in something like they? For Will, there was no blood there. But for when Barb, Barb being Nancy's friend, yeah. Nancy being, oh yeah, you know, for Barb it was more. It smelled blood, right? Or yeah, or that, remember, they remember kind at the of, end. That's how they tried to attract it when they yeah. cut their hands when Nancy and um, Jonathan cut their hands to, to yeah. attract it. It kind of was. Different to how what happened with Will though, right? So that's yeah. the only thing that I question. Yeah, very different. I just questioned. oh man, there's so much stuff though, gags you can question in this thing. Like when I when I was watching it, I was like, what the hell, right? Because what we have here is a link from our world to the 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 upside down, the veil of shadows kind of thing. And that's a psychic power link, right? This this weird agency is doing some weird experiments, which actually was a thing in the 80s, right? Was, <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but they, they try to do that. They try to find people with psychic power. That's that's the a very strong sort of um, um, uh, accusation from people towards the government. But they, they took them and did experiments, try to try to expose this power, how they could use it for military purposes. But the, it's easy for us to sort of believe that that was happening, basically, is what I'm saying. And then you have this thing where she's trying something and that they basically use it for long, long range surveillance and something happens watches in this world and the, the demogorgon is revealed and it's revealed as utterly terrifying right in, in this complete shadow but there's so much stuff that happens after that as we discover what happens in the veil of shadows right so how does that power connect how do we how does it jump from its world to our world how did it come there did 11 call it it was it a beacon or did it did it come there by itself? Is, is it able to jump in between these worlds? And this is where it gets weird because the veil of shadows looks exactly like our world. Why does it do that? Is it just a different dimension or linked with a psychic power? Is it mirroring somehow our world? Yes, because, because dogs a, can sense it, right? It's a coincidence like, that 11 is free at the same time this starts happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, remember, and, and, remember 11, 11, that was Eleven's fault that the dimension was there. She tore that open. Remember when she was looking? Remember when Brenner had her under and was doing um, experiments with her? She mm-hmm. accidentally opened that portal to let him out. Yeah. Do you remember that part? Yeah, yeah but, but, but yeah, but it might be it might be a portal. But she, what I'm saying is, it it might be that like if if it was a portal, then it, it would have to be to a dimension that almost exactly mimics ours. The other insinuation, though, is that it's created by us you know by by a psychic power it's it's like um 
you know, somebody to, to create a world, you wouldn't just create a world that's there. You would create one that exactly mirrored ours because that's easier. Everything is just a bit weirder. I know and, and that's where all these things come, come from. Like the Demogorgon. And oh my God, is the, is Demogorgon not the best name for an evil thing ever? Because my <laughs> God, right? <laughs> it's just, uh, you, you, you tell that to a newborn kid. That kid's going to start crying. Demogorgon. <laughs> newborn <laughs> kid. Let's do the park. Let's tell Parker. Parker will yeah. be. No, basically, be I, I know what you're saying because when he, when, when the Demogorgon comes and takes them, it's not like he stays in our world. He's gone immediately. Yeah, gone. Comes immediately. and goes, it's gone. And, and even there's a scene um, during the movie where, you know, Will says, I'm right here. You know when she does the light stuff? Yeah. And, yeah, and, and yep. I'm right here. And then there's a mm. shape of the Demogorgon in the wall. So it's, yeah. not, it's there, but it's not. I know what you're saying. It's, a, it's another yeah, world, yeah. but how does it come and go? Like, there's so many questions. And it, so I think that's the beauty of it. of it, though, isn't it? That yeah. not it everything is. Yeah, and, like, and like the Demogorgon itself, right? Because the demo, it's one. We, we assume it's one. And there's only one that really penetrates. And, and this thing's and what Joey, what you were saying was really intriguing there. The prince of, you know, a prince of demons. Where are the other demons? Why are they? Why is there only one? Or you know, uh, well, if they are very few, if they are so few well, that the, we don't see multitudes, oh, then, then where are they? More. You know, I think there's ten. And more. and then we see we see what um, you know, towards the end of it. Uh, but I mean, as as we go deeper into the uh, the, the veil of shadows, something that looks like eggs, a larval stage of something. If this thing can reproduce, where's everything else? You know. It's just there's so many questions about this thing that uh, it just opens up every an encyclopedia of intrigue. Joey, essentially, I'm gonna, is what I'm, it is. I mean, that's amazing. And Joey, I'm going to come to you with a little bit of a twist on this, and then we're going to mm-hmm. review the plot lines in the show because that's the major one, obviously. But there's so many other underlying ones of other characters, and we'll go into the characters as well. But she's eleven. She her name is eleven. It mm-hmm. points to me that there's another ten. <laughs> oh yeah, there, right. So that means clearly. there could be another ten demogorgons about somewhere. <laughs> I don't well, know. I, if he, the, I don't know if you thought that way. I mean, that's how oh, I, I thought of it. No, I definitely did. And the demogorgon actually acts like, and you guys will know this because you're big Marvel fans. Uh, uh, Hydra. You know how Hydra you cut off one head mm. and two grow. Mm, that's yeah. how the demogorgon acts. Ah. Yeah. So it's the same thing, which is why at the end when you when Nancy and Jonathan. They thought they burned him and killed him. It doesn't work that way. There's a certain way you have to kill a Demogorgon, which I believe the brothers who created the show actually hinted to that. They said we couldn't give away too much or else we wouldn't have a season two, basically. So if they gave away so many secrets, they have to have people guessing. It's the whole point of a show. Unless you just want one season, then they could have made, you know, maybe 16 episodes instead of eight. But yeah, I mean, that's that the Demogorgon is definitely going to play a part in it, I think, in the second season. And I definitely don't think it's. I don't. I don't think they killed it. I think eleven. I've seen some it. theories where. Yeah, I see. I've seen some theories where eleven is now going to be actually part of it, part of the demogorgon, so to speak. Like they're almost linked up because she killed it. It's a really strange theory. So she kills it and then becomes part of it because it didn't really die because she didn't kill it the proper way. Wow, that'll be interesting. almost so she yeah, comes, be really, she becomes really negative role. Basically, like, that's wow. right, exactly. Yeah, and okay. maybe we don't maybe want the to do too to much her. of a. Whew. We don't want to preview too much, but we'll do a preview pod on it, <laughs> guys. I'll get you back <laughs> next year <laughs> when it's coming out. But I wanted to just say, uh, is there anything more on the mythology or or you know the the monster side of things, guys? Before I move on to a few more plot lines. Now I'm all good. No, Joey. Yeah, no, no. Same here. Okay, so basically, it's not just 
the the horror aspect to this. You know, you have other plots, and we can, if you don't want to discuss them, we don't. We just go through them. We have the teenage side of things where Nancy's, you know, with this, with wants to link up with this boyfriend uh, or, or have this popular boyfriend. He obviously wants to use her for his own stuff. You have Jonathan who fancies her, but he's the loser. You then have the the single mother aspect of it. You have a single father. Well, you have a a father who's lost everything in in the sheriff. You know, so there's so many different other. There's like I think there's four. Is that four plots? Pretty much three or four plots going on at the same time. Or was there any more that you guys had? Because obviously we know a rider. We haven't even mentioned her yet. She had a major part as Will's mom, and um, you can see the struggles. You know, of a, of a mother raising two children on her own. Um, the father's obviously about, but he's with somebody else and, and 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 it's a plot line that goes the whole way and also a crazy person that she's mm. treated to be crazy and she so isn't she knows she can hear it she can feel him and then there's the sheriff who's who's lost a child so he's kind of i don't know it's kind of weird because there's 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 mixed there's mixed i don't know joey if you, if you felt them there was mixed um signals with with the sheriff yeah, that, that was for me. That was the hardest part to watch. Be, anybody who has kids and then had to watch those scenes where his daughter is basically dying of cancer, and he, you know, he's reading to her. That's that is heartbreaking. It's I have little kids, and I can only imagine Jim. Hopper, that would be that's his name, isn't it? Jim, Jim Hopper? Yeah, Jim Hopper, the Hawkins Police Department detective. It's just it's hard to watch that. Um, but Winona Ryder, I think, smashes it. She's so good. And I, I, I was never a real big Winona Neither Ryder me. beforehand. Neither like, me. she didn't do anything for me. And then I watched this, and I was like, whoa, she was re-. And remember, this is only eight episodes. To have that kind of effect on somebody who's watching this in eight episodes is really impressive. It shows her acting chops. But yeah, yeah a, th- a few people said that's just her being normal. But it's okay. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah this, is, this is the thing, though. I mean, in, bo- in both those roles, I thought they were really interesting. You have both of those roles of uh, adults going through properly messed up experiences, like not, not messed up, but just very difficult. Just, it's so difficult for one person to deal with. And, uh, and they couldn't, you know, it's, it's joy. Like you say, it's unnatural. It, uh, you know, uh, for, for a parent to bury their child, that is, that might be the most, you know, extremely unnatural thing that we could have as human beings. That's just not something we're built for, you know? And on the other hand, you have somebody who handles absolutely everything. And the thing is about Winona's character is it, it is her because she has had to go through that. She had a wonderful uh, start to her career and then slowly was brought down. And particularly there was a movie um, to continue the sci-fi theme, but uh, it was about Dracula and it was with a couple of other really, really big male um, actors right and this set was horrible it was extremely misogynistic and she was signed on she had to do but the way they treated her was absolutely disgusting and it broke her it broke her a bit and then you get the strange behavior that she does in you know in in winona Ryder world and people make fun of her and that kind of thing and i thought that they were trying to comment on that in this in this particular um in the episodes of stranger things where you had a father who's gone through something very traumatic and whenever he does something that was a little bit crazy, it immediately gets written off to, nah, it's okay. He's one of the guys. And, and he's allowed to continue in this very important capacity, right? Whereas Winona Ryder, no one understands what she's going through because we don't really care about single mothers and, and all the things that they're going. We, we don't really want to um, to really reach our hand out to say, you know, keep on doing this important job. She's She works in a store. She has to fight 
you know, to get uh, while going through this really traumatic thing of her son being lost, she has to fight to get time off and, you know, for people to sort of help her a little bit. And all the while, people are just saying, this woman is absolutely crazy. And you're ready to believe the entire time this woman is completely crazy. And it turns out in the end, really, she was she along with. Um, Detective Hopper were the only actual two adults really doing anything, and she couldn't do anything because she was disenfranchised by the whole entire, you know, community around there. He was trying to do something, but he's he's buckled by the law and um, all the things that are happening in, in you know, with with the government, and he's only got a certain amount of clearance, and he eventually has to break into that place. But I thought that was a really nice sort of commentary to say that hey, you know, it, it, she she did have a really tough time, but this is sort of like what it was and she was right you know in some way she was right so i i really enjoyed that. i really enjoyed how the duff brothers brought those two things mm. uh alongside uh good. the plot it was good i i don't know if you've not picked up on anything with jim hopper but i thought there was a bit of a link between him and the that facility for some reason there just seemed a little bit of Almost like he was remembering something as he's walking yes, exactly. or something. Yes. Yeah. I like think there might be more it. to this story. Uh, yeah, I, I, think, I picked that up from it. I don't know whether Joey or uh, you, both, you both picked up on anything like that, but I certainly did. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I actually think, and this is a theory on my own, I actually just thought that he might have been an experiment there at one time, and then maybe this is him. Now you're seeing him as an adult, but maybe he was a child who was experimented on there. That was the first thing I thought, because especially at the end, when you have random cars picking them up, you know, black blacked out cars and you look like government officials at the end. And he re- just willingly gets in. So that was my first thing there. I was like, you know what? I think he might have been number I one. He <laughs> yeah, he could have. He's been. one. He's one. <laughs> you know, clearly, that guy was doing um, Brenner, the scientist, was doing experiments on many, many different people, not just 11 and the 10 who were before her. Yeah, and also Brenner. We don't know if he's dead or not. This is the scientist guy, by the way. If you if you're um, if you're not keeping up, um, the the main guy who's apparently her papa, you know, her dad, um, mm. or whoever she calls. Um, apparently, we're not sure whether he's dead or not. So that's that's an interesting thing. If he's back in the next season, um, let's move on to really the 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 stars, the stars. Unless you want to talk, I'm not too interested in talking about Nancy, Jonathan, and um, and Steve. Unless you are, I mean, it's it's a standard story, teenage story that's told in so many movies, and you know, mm. isn't it? Mm. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I thought I thought the only notable thing about the teenagers Bob. really <laughs> was that. Um, was that they, they were uh, like I thought they were just there to show how how bad the adults were at responding to this thing because it was the, it was basically the younger you were in the show the quicker you responded the more seriously you took the threat that was coming the teenagers took a little while and then they sort of you know they came up and they did into but really they were sort of it was they were almost peripheral right until until Nancy and Jonathan decided to trap the demagogue and that was. You know, and then you get the redemption of that guy, which I, I was like, ah, man. I sort of want him to get hurt a little bit more. <laughs> you know, the yeah. the jock with the hair. Um, oh, Steve. I, I, Steve, yes, yeah. Steve. I, yeah. I wanted, to, yeah. I, I, but uh, that was. Apparently, but yeah, I agree come, with you. I agree with you, Gax. He's going to come good, though, isn't he? Now, obviously, he's he's going to be. Yeah. Uh, he's going to come to senses in the second season. He's in the entire second season as well, apparently. So he's obviously going to be on the right side of things and not such a cock anymore. Yeah. Um, but the stars of the show. And there's absolutely no way we can do Stranger Things without talking about, you know, Mike, Dustin, Luke, and uh, Will. And uh, I mean, the three, really, the three of them more than Will. Will's probably going to have more work to do in the second season. And you know what? 
we'll, we'll get to Will last because I reckon the second season is going to be all about him in a different way now with him on screen. Mm. So he's going to get a chance to show what he's made of on screen. Um, in terms of Mike, uh, Finn, uh, Wolfhard, uh, Dustin Henderson, uh, is, uh, G- how do you say this guy's name? Gaten Matarazzo? Is that how yeah. you say it? And then obviously, uh, Lucas Caleb McLaughlin, McLaughlin. I think that's how you say it. But anyway, those three for me were absolutely fantastic. So Joey, I don't know if you've got anything. I mean, for me, th- my favorite is Dustin. Out of the whole oh, show, okay. Dustin's my favorite. But uh, I want to hear from you. I'll go into Dustin later, why I think he's my favorite in little bits, but uh, his performance. But what about yourself at the Child Actors? Um, Dustin was my second favorite behind Eleven. Um, I mean, Eleven's a red. I totally Millie forgot about Eleven Child Actor. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we yeah. talked about Eleven so a, much. <laughs> she, well, what's her name? Think, Bo- Millie Bobby, Millie Bobby, Bobby Brown. Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is kind of hysterical yeah. because the Bobby Brown part, you know what I mean? Like that's, you know, he's a crazy ass singer at this <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah. Remember he was a child singer. You can play that game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, just oh, shit, I don't know where to go from after that. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, obviously Millie Bobby, but that's she's your favorite then. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll... Eleven was my favorite. I mean, yeah. it's it's hard to play a little girl playing with their psychokinetic powers. Wow. Yeah. That is really hard to do. I mean, she's basically moving objects with her mind. That's she's a red and as well. she made it she killed it. She made it look like she was actually doing that. Mm-hmm. And remember, she doesn't really talk much, which makes it even more difficult. It, it, it's that's so hard. You don't have lines and you're coming across, in my opinion, as the best. Awful. She was the best part of this whole series, in my opinion. But yeah, Dustin was um, he's just a. you look at him and you laugh. Why wouldn't you want to be around a kid like that? You know, he, he's funny. He's he's bubbly. He's like everything you want in a friend. So he was my second favorite, but the other kids killed it too. Caleb McLaughlin, who played Lucas, like you said, and um, Mike, who was played by oh, what's that kid's name? Oh man, oh uh, Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, he was really good too. And he, had, I think, he had one of the best lines, maybe the best line in the whole movie, when he said, "Remember when they were dressing up L Eleven, and like they put the dress, pink dress on her, they put the blonde wig on her. He puts the makeup on her, that she walks out of the bathroom, and he goes, pretty." good because <laughs> they don't they didn't yeah, know he didn't want his buddies to know that he was really into her i yeah. thought that was the best line of the whole movie i, I thought there was loads of others as well but i'm gonna go last um on not, not lines but in yeah anyway i will go last because i okay might just cover it and i want Kay to talk more so Kay, go on uh out of your out of the four then sorry i was gonna do the male ones first before moving to 11 but um joey just pissed on my parade uh but yeah so, so let's <laughs> let's just take all four of them um uh, who is your favorite and um anything that that, you, that i'm gonna go into their relationship after we've talked about their performances and stuff so go on I didn't actually have a favor from the group of kids, wow. to be honest with you. I, I didn't. I, I just. Ryder with I everything. really. <laughs> uh, I did have. I mean, look, I, I loved Eleven. I loved the performance. I thought she was wonderful. But that was that was because of this this dynamic that the kids had, which I thought was sensational. This is really hard to do for actors, right? I mean, and we're talking about kid actors. I mean, this is this was absolutely off the charts, awesome. But what they did with being together. And, uh, you know, you have your different groups and the group dynamics, I thought were acted out so brilliantly. You always felt that these kids were one thing. They were one thing together. And when I felt this was when, um, 
you know, I, I I was starting to get a bit irritated with Luke because I wanted plotted to I wanted the plot to advance, and he just kept on wanting to stake his. You know, I'm I'm your best friend, and and I love Luke. I love his strength and his courage and that kind jealous, of thing. But just that one episode, yeah, just that one episode. I was like, come on, I they, you have to go, just go, come on. But, 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 um, but I thought it was vital. vital it was absolutely vital because when friends, he wasn't there. When he wasn't there, you notice it so hard. No, no, yeah. you're thinking this point. is wrong. That's not this is wrong. Friend. This group is wrong. Yeah, my, my point is it was vital yeah. because as a child, when you're there and you've got a group yeah. of friends, yeah. when a new person comes in and it kind of changes the dynamic of the group and one Jealousy. of the people, it's a massive mm. thing in kids. It happens. It's yeah, not, right. it's usual. It, it's not anything abnormal. It's totally, totally yeah. normal. And it just, it was reality. I wanted to see that this happens in friends. This happens with kids. They, they, mm. they can get mm. insecure. And the kid, um, you know, Luke, he got insecure with it. And, and it was a brilliant scene where, brilliant. where they're fighting and she hits him off. You know, she feels, yeah. she feels really, um, you know, bad about it. And, but Mike, at the point, it, it, he's in such, a conundrum you know he's so stuck and that even that was really well acted out you could i gotta say mike mike did also really well i, th- I think did. very few people will pick out mike as their favorite but yeah. but it's very difficult to be the hero because you have to allow every other character to revolve around you while you still assume something of like a little bit of leadership but you have to take on an almost a bit of a wooden stance because people have to project upon you and you have to be this person that's almost above everything that's happening, you know, a little bit, but I thought he did that and put out quite a lot of personality and it was completely believable. You know, you could, he wasn't so much the leader, just somebody, everybody trusted. That's so hard to pull off. So, I mean, really, I mean, kudos to all these kids because I I thought, yeah, like I said, the group dynamics were perfect. Absolutely perfect. He played the Mikey role from Goonies, you know, Mikey. Yeah. And and, and going on from that trajectory, I've nicely set this up for myself here. Dustin played Chunk. <laughs> kind of because yeah. he was just hilarious and like not having any teeth, you know, or the way it was yeah. the way and he was talking and the the one scene that made me piss myself laughing was when when Eleven tries to take off her clothes in front of them and then yeah. Justin just can't get over it. He can't get over it that she's not from this world, man. She's not from this area. I don't know where she's from. Because he keeps on pretending to take his top off. Like, you know, he keeps on saying, Look, she was gonna do this. She was going to do this. How can you, like, she's not normal. And he does it like three or four times in that next five minutes bit. And oh my God, I just wanted to die laughing. It was such a great scene. I just thought it brings over him as well. Like his, he can't get over things quick. He's the, he's the kid that just, you know, is relentless with points and, and they have to him to shut up sometimes, you know, <laughs> kind of, he's me, he's kind of me. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was always called chunk, you know, like, do the truffle shuffle gags, you know, and stuff like that. If you remember it, when he takes, when, oh, when yeah. chunk takes his, top his shirt off up. and, and yeah. does his, and his flab has to shake. The, my, my cousins and my family used to make me do it and bully me to do it just as fun, you know, but that, that's what I mean. It kind of reminded me of him. He was the funny one. He was the one that made you laugh and, and had that relief in the show where if if you knew Dustin was in the, in, in, in the scene, there would be something funny or he'd make a funny face. And um, really interesting tidbits were that when they, you know, because obviously you shoot the show. If you know anything about how you shoot stuff, you kind of do the dubbing afterwards. They kind of mm. they kind of put your voice again. And they couldn't do any of that for the child uh, characters, especially Dustin, because it took so long to shoot that these guys grew up. 
and yeah, um, yeah, they couldn't reshoot yeah. anything. And Dustin's voice got deeper. And so <laughs> when when the second season is purposely a year ahead, because mm-hmm. they have to show the growth of the kids that mm. they've shot up and that their voices have changed because Dustin's voice will be much deeper now. So there's all these little things that were going on that in the background that we won't know, but I like these little tidbits. You know what I'm fucking like. But, um, yeah. yeah. So, so that was kind of, and I, I loved the whole thing about these three was the relationship. Like we've just talked about the ups and downs, the, the, the walkie talkie. We haven't even talked about the fucking walkie talkie. Another bit of the eighties. <laughs> what was a yeah. massive part of this show, like me and my kids were doing over and out because my kids watched it. My kids watched this. I know it's a horror and there were some horror type of parts, but my eldest just wanted to watch it after she heard me talking about it to one of my friends. She said, dad, let me. So we watched it. And in the end, if she's WhatsApping me, she's 12 now. So she's got, because she's at senior school, she's got WhatsApp. We'd, we'd actually put over and out at the end of everything that we'd just type. Forget like, forget like talking. We'd be like, what over and out? It's just that it takes you, you know, you get involved in things and it, you love it. And I love it that my kids love everything that I do, like Marvel and Star Wars, but she loved this too. She loves, you know, other shows too. So, I mean, this one, it struck a chord with her. And even though she's not from the eighties, she learnt what technology was like back then, like with the phone. She was like, what? You know, <laughs> it's just such a good thing for others to watch that aren't from that era, how it was back then, how difficult it was. We couldn't text each other when you don't know where anyone is and you can't find them. Imagine the fucking stress, the strain on families when your kid goes missing and you can't just give them a bell or a text or see if they've been on Facebook in the last 20 minutes that they're all right. You know, you can't do shit like that. It's, it's all out there in this big, wide mm. world where you don't know where they are. And imagine if something happens. It is such a easier place to live now. Okay, it's a harder place to live in so many other ways. In terms of keeping tabs on someone or making sure they're okay, it's such an easier place with technology. And I just thought that brought that, that there was those things coming out of the show as well, that mm-hmm. it's just so hard to communicate with people. Like, imagine there's some scenes in the, in the show where, like, oh man, I wish she had a mobile. You could just tell him to come over now. Exactly. That happened a couple of times, actually. <laughs> Sure. But but that, that, that's a that's a beautiful thing about sitting in the eighties, right? Because immediately you just think, "I'll just call him on his cell." You're like, "Oh, but you can't do that." So how are you going to get? How how would you get? Can you call? Who nope. you? What the fuck am I going to do? How do you yeah. get hold of this kid? Oh my! And that panic rises in you a little bit. You know, I think the only thing you can do is like write a fucking letter out. Hopefully, the postman comes by in the next couple of minutes, because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, it's not happening. Exactly, <laughs> and I think that's pretty much a really good part of. Um, the, uh, I mean, the, the, the Dr. Brenner, I thought he played an evil role really well, by the way, while we're doing characters and stuff. And I thought uh, Jim Hopper was fantastic in his role as the father, the hurt father, you know, uh, and the sheriff. Because at the start, he's, he's a bit of a cock, isn't he, Jim Hopper? You think he's a bit of an idiot? The way he just strolls into work. And just then, a lazy bastard, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that yeah. changes <laughs> the perception, drunk too. The perception yeah. of him changes so much by the fourth, fifth episode. You're like, 
I want him to, I want him to find it, you know, find him and I want him to succeed here. And the, the whole backstory just, they totally change your initial perception of this character. And that's mm. another beautiful thing. I love it when a show can do that. They, they show you someone who's just an absolute slob. And then all of a sudden you want this slob to fucking win and, uh, or, yeah. or at least succeed. And so there's, I mean, is there any other characters or anything that we've missed from the characters guys that Joey that you want to discuss or have we covered everything you think? Uh, for me, you cover everything. Okay, okay. Anything that we missed? The, I think the only thing I'd add there is, is Matt Modine was brilliant as the, um, was it Brenner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. with a bad guy. But yeah, like Eleven, like you said, Joey, Eleven didn't have a lot of lines. He didn't also have a lot of lines, but I despised that character. I hated <laughs> oh, yeah, him for what he did and he how he raised <laughs> Eleven. And I, I just, every time I saw him after a while, I just got this, you know, nausea in my gut. And I, <laughs> and I, I thought that was, you know, he was, I, and it, this is the thing with famous people, right? You see famous people and they suddenly stop being like Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise in every movie. Right? He's not, he's not like agent, whatever, ever is Tom Cruise and Bruce Willis is Bruce Willis. He's going to save the world, right? That's what these guys do. So when you see a famous person, it's hard to, you know, really, uh, portray this character of, of, you know, because you only see the what this person's famous for. And I thought him and Winona did so well in just allowing us to forget who they were and focusing on the characters. That was that was super, super good acting. Totally agree. He was great. And um okay, so that's our characters. We talked about who our favorites were. Um do we want to do uh quick favorite moments of the show? Yeah, I'd like to do just why we talked about a lot of it already, but if you don't mind I'd like to talk about one of scene that was my probably my favorite in the whole thing Mm -hmm. it was the when i think it was mike and dustin the two boys who cornered them on the cliff troy and i I don't remember the friend's name Mm -hmm. and when he he basically he has the switchblade to dustin's face and he threatens that he's going to cut out the rest of his teeth i know it's not funny but like he doesn't have a lot of teeth so it's (laughs) it's like (laughs) so mike jumps from the cliff but l this is awesome she uses her powers to basically lift him I mean, he would have died. He would have fell into that yes. lake and died. She lifts him back up onto it. I thought that was just great scene. All, uh, just great scene. That scene and I think all of Eleven's backstories were probably my favorite scenes. Very comic type scenes, I noticed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, Project of, X, uh, yes. yes. <laughs> of course. It's very Wolverine X-Men. to a T. Very, yeah. very X-Men uh, type uh, stuff, I thought. Um Kay, what was your favorite scene? I had two favorite scenes. One was just just for the action of it because I I wasn't expecting it again. But when Eleven lifted the um, the the van, you know, like it's coming for the bike, and she just like flips over, it. Yeah. you know, flips it. Oh my word! I, did, I I didn't expect that. And you know, we hadn't had any huge action sequences, and for that to come out, I was a bit shocked. But my favorite scene was actually the dummy body scene where where um Winona Ryder goes to you know she doesn't recognize her son as this thing that they say is her son's body and she goes and looks at it and you know it starts to cut around and 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 when the detective comes in and cuts the the body and pulls out the stuffing that that it absolutely turned me i didn't know what was going on in the story anymore that you know why would it, why would that government agency why would they create a fake body you know, to put there. And I'm just like, are they working with, did, did they know about the fail of shadows beforehand? Why would they have that ability to do that? How many times have they done this before? Why is that 
ability to do that so close to this little sleepy town and you know all that stuff came up so that was that was a great scene because um of the questions it just sort of threw up i was i was there it was such a horrible illusion <laughs> until that you know of 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 what was happening in the sleepy town and what it could be and it fits in so well with what you're saying gags of uh, maybe foreshadowing what that institution's history is with this yeah. town and the people in the town and, and so on and more, so on. i think coming up with that oh yeah yeah and yeah. there's a reason why they don't yeah. go to major cities remember major cities draws major attention and this and won't it, this won't it's like the x-files Exactly oh god we totally forgot this is also very yeah, similar to the x-files oh my god <laughs> yeah wow. that's why so, i put so, it in there because i'm like i can't finish this part without saying that we didn't bring it up wow before. <laughs> i feel X-Files. terrible now but i'm mentioning that yeah. comparable um joey Katie, just what, save the pod <laughs> save the pod save the world right sorry uh Kay, what's the um the second did you go through both there? Or? That was the second. The first, the first one was the flipping of the van. The ah, second right, one was right, the dummy right, body. Right, yeah. I, I liked when she breaks people's necks when she's in the oh, experimental yeah. phase. Um, very heroes. Um, who's the villain? Siler type stuff in heroes. Have you remember heroes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Siler. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He break people's necks like that. And was a. I loved um, the, the the brother the brother scenes when they're bonding before you know. Uh, uh, um, mm. Mike and thinking, you know, the, should I stay? Should I stay? Should I stay? Or should I go? Stuff and sorry, uh, Will and is it Will? Jonathan yeah. and Will. That's right, Jonathan and Will. I, I get confused with the guys' names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so th- there was those scenes that were really good. Um, I loved it whenever the Demogorgon appeared and just ate people up and fucked off. <laughs> it's there, it's, it's dead, dead weird that, you know, he's taking pictures. When it's time to take pictures, right, the fucking Demogorgon takes the woman and goes and you're just like sitting there and like changing yeah. your fucking, yeah. oh man, it's like, dude, you know, it just hated. This is where you should have had a smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. that's another reason that's another thing you know like, it could have been recording it it could have been recording it but um uh anything with the, the 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 child characters together running away from people um when they come to the house and they run and they they you know they got to get away all that stuff was great i love the chase type of thing and, and the kids anything that reminded me of kind of like goonies where they're all together and stuff like that these childhood type of moments really it, it, you connect with more i enjoyed all those and the special effects obviously in scenes like you said joey covered that type of stuff we need to see more of that in season two i think we will it'll go further and further now they can play more with um powers and stuff like that and if more people are uh, introduced which i think there will be it'll be so interesting to see what happens going forward um yeah so i mean the oh, Gag, before, before we move on actually i, I just want to just wanted to also mention a couple of things that one like you're saying on the effects the demogorgon is completely physical Mm. There, those are completely physical effects. There are no computer-generated effects. Really? So that, that yeah, it's, it was completely done to bring a sense of total realism to the scene. They use lighting wow. and actual mm. viscous, disgusting materials and all that kind of stuff to do that, which is brilliant. But the other really awesome thing about Stranger Things is, as it developed, what happens to the fans, right? Because so. Um, a really wonderful thing was memorial for Bob uh, after Bob goes missing. People respond, <laughs> right? And th- there's a mural <laughs> somewhere with the memorial for Bob, and, and she's she got a big mural. And look, why are we forgetting her? You don't just forget her. This was a terrible thing that happened. And then, um, yeah, just that. And then the other thing was, if you guys can please Google "Merry Christmas, Will Bu- Will uh, Byers" because it's a Charlie Brown skit. Oh, and I saw the little it. known fact is that. Um, 
the 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 kid who plays will also voices Charlie Brown in you yes. know and in, in the Charlie Brown movie and um, all the kids play their parts and it's so brilliant. I mean, if you love Charlie Brown, it's it was absolutely <laughs> massive. And if that if that was honestly if that was more the Charlie Brown movie plot then the one they actually made I, I would have been a bit happier but it was it was perfect everybody was playing a, a, a character out of peanuts and it was it was absolutely cool so um those th- those were the other two really cool bits to, to come out of this i think the the viewer interaction with what's going on um is was just marvelous it was just so cool fantastic way to really uh, ship that bit off i think i just want to say um how much this TV show captured the imagination. The and um, we, we talked about it, the font of the actual Stranger Things, um, very very Stephen King like, and they did that on purpose. That's gone on now. It's massive. There's loads of T-shirts being made with that font and other things. It's kind of brought that font to the fore. Really, this show has the music that we talked about earlier. Um, that Kay did fantastic. The whole thing of this show, the 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 feel, just comes to the fore. If you've really enjoyed what we've talked about, and it hasn't spoiled, well, it would have spoiled the whole fucking thing. But I would really recommend you go watch it. I'm going to watch it again actually over Christmas if I can. And maybe um, because it just it's such a good thing to go back and watch, isn't it? But before mm-hmm. we finish, uh, we got a couple of things left. Is there any negatives from the plot that you thought, or anything they could have done better, Joey? I wouldn't use. I wouldn't say negative. The one thing that I wish would have been more were the episodes. There was eight. I thought ten to twelve, maybe ten, would have been sufficient. But I, I think they said. Why I they think did they it. said they did it because they wanted it to feel speedy. Uh, they that, wanted the yeah. story to be. Um, I, I also felt this, and I read up about it. And I think the, the, the anybody that does eight shows over the ten to twelve or the thirteen is because they want to fit more in. It's why you're going to find Game of Thrones is going down to eight. Yes. Because yep. they want it to be so fast paced that every episode you watch is the best, feels like the best ever. Well, that, and then don't, people won't complain that it's, you know, two Too fucking slow. years in between the, the seasons. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And the, imagine when it, when yeah. those eight happen, you're just blown away. And yeah. I think what they wanted Something was, to leave you with. They wanted Stranger Things to capture immediately. You know, they wanted it to grab you. They didn't want it to be something that people fell out of love with in four episodes and then had to come back and watch eight. Westworld, for example, took four to get going. And I know a lot of people that switched off at three. I did too. I only came back to Westworld. We'll cover it on your pod. Because I only came back because I started seeing the response on Twitter. And when I came back to it, it blew me away. The last four, the last, whatever it was, six, seven episodes blew me, absolutely blew me away. But yeah. th- that's what I'm trying to say. I think the, the, the people who made it wanted to get you into it, keep you sucked in, and just binge. Binge the fucking eight. Which oh, I, think did. I think you're dead on. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So, okay. So, anyway, um, that was a negative. Uh, Kay, any negatives? Not really. I would have no, liked them to handle... <laughs> To handle the death of Eleven a bit, with the disappearance of Eleven a bit, like um, a, a, a bit better. She sort of at the end. Um, I, w- I was really invested in Eleven. <laughs> I think that's she the was, point. She I was think great, you know, point, and though, and okay. she, uh, I just wanted her to win, and she was developing, and I loved, I loved how the actress, how when she, you know, like when she snapped people's necks, that character was real. She just changed. She was angry, you know. She yeah. just did it without a thought. I that was superb, you know, <laughs> so good. I, and then the the scene with the um, 
the supermarket, you know, th- those are all real things. We felt that. We, you can feel the frustration she has. And so, you know, she comes into this world. She saves everybody's life. She's the real like, sort of hero, this, uh, as Jerry says, the sorceress of everything, the, the one with the true sense of power. Um, everybody else is sort of getting into a position so she can use that power in, in the most opportune time. And then she disappears and everybody, you know, the farewell she gets is that people talking about her wonderfully, which is, which is great. But there seems to be, it's just almost like E.T. It's almost like E.T. E.T. came for a little while. He was a little supernatural being and now he's gone home. But here there's no sense of going home for me. I, you know, I was really upset that she disappeared. But everybody else was like, oh, she's just gone somewhere else. But she, she just did this stuff and she helped the demogorgon. And well, you won't remember her, but let's tell you good stories about, you know, like, be sad a little bit. I just want them to be a little bit sad about what happened, not be able to talk about it. Uh, I, I think they handled it well because they wanted to keep the unknown and you come back for season two type of thing. I, I always, I like to leave things on a bit of a, what happened? What, what, where, where, what, who, you know? So sure. I think it, it, that's what, but I think they could have done that and mourned her. I think that, that might've been a bit more, more <laughs> foreshadowing. Just want, you're, of, just, you're just being depressing now. I want, you just wanted them to have like a funeral. For I, I wanted, I wanted to have a moment. She was so important. And it's like, yeah, they, no, they, tell they, you fun they sort of, they sort of did that in the last episode. Remember when they, they right before they, they cut to D and D they, they kind of show Mike still has her tent up in his basement. True. Like so, you know what I mean? Like the, he, he's, he's still. You could see, it. yeah, he's yeah, yeah. But the but all that says that she's she's like she's. Uh, I mean, that might be a bit of not dealing with the actual grief because she's, uh, according to him, like she's coming back basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think and that's what I felt. I think that's what. Yeah, that, that's the thing though. But she's gone. Like uh, to all actual intents and purposes, she's she's yeah, dead. Yeah. I hear you know what, what I'm saying? saying? Like, uh, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. And I think that might be, you know, if, if we did that and then she came back in the second season, I would have been like, yeah! Now I'm just expecting it. <laughs> no. You know, now- <laughs> I mean, if they mourned her, I'd just be like, she's come back from the dead. This is like, this is Superman stuff. I don't want this. You think, when somebody, when a hero dies and comes back, the first person you think of is Superman, not Jesus. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> so, Jesus yeah. is a religious, I'm atheist, man. I'm going to go see I'm gonna say, yeah, but- <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm going comics, man. Joey's on the show. <laughs> that I, was cool. I, I know what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> this, the next movie is going to come back, right? He's dead. He's coming back. They're ruining yeah. it. Well, right. Anyway. Now you're going to have somebody who yells at you for calling you, for you saying you're an atheist, Gags. I know, I know. You I'll, know that's going to happen. No, they won't. They don't. They'll respect my views. I respect theirs. If you believe in God, um, all good to you. You know, I hope it helps you in your life. Anyway, let's move away from that. Um, the final thing of this show is a bit of fun. Uh, and... Um, we can totally, totally delete this if it doesn't go well, guys. Is <laughs> um, a quiz, and it's going to be the first to answer. There's no <sighs> taking K off, bringing K Oof. back. It's going to be all the right. first to answer. So it's all about Stranger Things. We're going to finish the show off with a fun quiz. I think we've covered the show really, really well. I hope you enjoyed it. But here we go. There's 15 questions, okay? All so. Right, <laughs> Someone's going to need to keep, you need to keep the tally, boys, because I'm going to be busy doing this. So if you, if, how many you get right, keep a tally. Okay. So first question. When Eleven goes to the diner in search of food, she meets the owner. What is his name? Three options. Benny. Benny. Oh, there you go. So first, yep. You know, he doesn't even let me answer the question. He doesn't so, let you. Uh, K, I, was, I, was nope, nope. Do, I was being polite. I was being polite. I should get a point for being K, polite. Okay, you can you do should the be same. a point for being quiet. Right. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. In a flashback. Joyce goes to Will's hideout. What movie tickets did she buy for him? The Poltergeist. Poltergeist. I think that's one each. You both said that was it at the same, same oh. time. 
same okay, time. Right. Same time. Fair enough. You both Fair get enough. that one. You both said it same time. Absolutely no problem. Okay. Number three. Dr. Brenner asks Eleven to harm which kind of animal? A bird, a rabbit, a cat? Cat. R- rabbit? It's a cat. So that's three, three for Joey, one for Kay, yeah? So far. Okay. So what is the name of the boy's biology, biology teacher? Mr. Kenny, oh. Mr. Wheeler, Mr. Clark. Mr. Clark. Bang. Bang, bang, yeah, three, yeah. two. Here we go. This is good. Really? Wow. What a guess. Awesome. <laughs> right. So which school event did Mike ask 11 to? The fall dance, the spring fall, uh, sorry, the spring fling or the snowball? Snowball. Okay, 4-2. He's got oh, that. Okay. To prove he's alive, how did Eleven make contact with Will? The phone, the lights, the walkie-talkie? Walkie-talkie. walkie-talkie. <laughs> you both said it. I'm going to give you 5-3. Right, okay. Um, it, oh, no. In a bike race home, Will wins which of Dustin's comics? You X-Men. X-Men. Ah. You know, we talked about that. We're not having this question because uh, we, we talked. We did talk pre-pod, about that. Yeah. Pre-pod. Okay. Seven's out. So it's still 5-3. Okay. At school, where does Steve tell Nancy to meet him? The library, the bathroom, the gym? Bathroom. Gym. It's the bathroom. Six. Ah. Okay. When Joyce asks Will where he is, how does he respond? The walls, outside, or right here? Right here. Oh, my God. Seventhly. He's Jesus. not giving you a chance. Yeah, Sorry. It's, 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 Sorry. He's like the internet. <laughs> <laughs> how many pounds of salt did the group need to build the sensory deprivation tank? Oh, no 1,000, 1,300, or 1,500? 1300. 1300. It's 1500. <laughs> I got that one right when I did it, by the way. Um, what time? That's a hard one. I know. What time did Mike tell 11 to meet him after school? 305, 315, 310. 315. 305. It's 315, 7 okay. okay. How many tries did it take for Nancy to shoot the can? Two, three, or one? One. That's eight. Yeah, it was one. 8-4, is it? 8-4. Yeah, eight four. It's pretty much done now. Where did police claim? Where did the police claim to find Will's body? The lab, the lake, or the woods? Lake, lake. lake. Oh my god! Fucking hell, Joey. Nine four. <laughs> so quick. Uh, I said it at the same time. Did you no, no, me? no. He did come first on that one. When he, when it's together, I do say it. Uh, where did Chief Hopper find the bug in his house? Under a desk, the TV, or the lights? Lights, lights. <laughs> Joey, ten four. It's just, just a second ahead. Right. What is the name? I think there's a delay because I'm in South Africa and, and he's I have worse telephone communication than everybody else. Okay. This is I think not I fair. smell something. I think I smell something. I think it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of Chief, Chief Hopper's daughter? Emily, Anna, or Sarah? Sarah. Emily. It's Sarah. It's 11-4. Oh. So basically, you, uh, uh, to be honest, Kay, you got quite a lot right as well because you just, you, but, but the difference was Joey was just faster. So there's absolutely no shame in 11-4. You actually probably got about nine or nine of those, but he was just quicker to the punch than you. Uh, but that is out of 15. Cheating oh, into account, then I won. Out of 14, in 11. <laughs> out of 14. I'm just missing, Joey. I'm just missing. <laughs> out of 14, you got 11, dude. That is pretty damn impressive, Joey. And with that, I am going to say um, a massive thank you to Joey and Kay for coming on my first sole, you know, host episode of uh, On The Box. I hope, I hope uh, you both enjoyed that. Awesome, awesome time, man. 
Great. Great. And I, I hope that you felt like you covered everything that you needed to. Um, if there's anything that you missed, say it now or forever hold your peace. Discuss it. If we missed anything, hit us up on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, please do. The, the I think we then, covered yeah. a lot of everything on the show that we wanted to say. I wanted to say. Um, uh, any plugs, Joey? Um, any articles I write for AI Comic Pod? Uh, I'd love people read them. Some people are into it. Some people are not. Uh, tell me what you think. I haven't got much feedback. I know there's not a lot of, not a ton of people who read them. Um, but it's all good. I enjoy doing it and. Anything on AI. I mean, there's something there really is. It's not just somebody saying that there really is something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Even if you hate soccer, there's a whole nother geek side you can, you yeah. can listen to. And I'm really trying to, um, push that. Hopefully getting the comic articles onto Google news. If we can, we'll see. We're trying to do that. If we can do it, I'm working on it. And if that happens, you'll, you'll find a different audience, Mr. Connors. Oh, yeah. So hopefully yeah, that will be so. very good for you and the site as well. Uh, Kay, any plugs you've had? You've done a lot of work this week and maybe doing some coming up as well. Yeah. We're recording uh, in a couple of days time. Um, the, AI pod final one of 2016 for me. Lovely. And, um, yeah, which will be really cool. But, uh, yeah, do go check. I, I also do the face of pod every week. And if you haven't heard the Everton one, good do it because we were, we were a bit giddy. Nobody was drinking, but we may as well have. It was so much fun to do that pod. It was so much so fun you are, because the Everton fan didn't turn up and yeah. totally <laughs> fucking wussed out. <laughs> <laughs> and we just took full advantage so uh yeah uh do you have a look at that but yeah that's it for me okay um please do check out ai audible from my side it's a new project that we're working on with trevor downey a massive welcome back to trev to the site um and obviously he's this is his baby he's going to be taking the reins on um we're just going through the baby steps really of getting everything set up in the background, a lot of work uh, being done. If you go and listen to the introduction podcast, that's out. And also his first article, which was on Andy Rails' article about Adam Lallana, the Renaissance man. You can go and see the type of feel we're going to get from AI Audible and, and, you know, basically us talking, um, well, not us talking, Trevor narrating the the shows as a mini podcast and these article pods they're only going to be five six minutes long maybe max 10 if it's a longer uh, you know a 2000 worder so yeah maybe you know go and check those out those are going to be a big thing on the liverpool side of things so uh it's brand new something we're going to kick off very soon as always ai trying to push uh the envelope really push into different forms different mediums and make everything available um especially the writing we wanted the writers to have more uh, out there their work getting appreciated a little bit more and i thought this is a brilliant way of doing it but apart from that there might be another on the box before the end of the year i might just do um the next two i want to do are the night of or westworld so yeah we'll have a think about what i'm gonna do but i really really hope you enjoyed this this is a this is the type of stuff we're gonna do we're gonna move on we're gonna have a bit of fun while we're doing on the box as well that's what it's about tv it's supposed to be fun not serious so i'm gonna be really fun with it and uh get people on that are really passionate about what they're watching because um i certainly am and uh, yeah thank you very much for listening and supporting we'll be back very soon on the box
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.